Hi, this is Craig Janney listening to the Blues Podcast in the Stanley Cup Finals. Podcast, your host Jason, along with Chris. Yo, so uh, funny thing happened. We recorded a recorded a pretty good podcast right after the draft. Yep, really excited. It's a good show. It was. It was good times. And uh, you'll never hear it. You'll never hear it because guess what? This is a new computer we're using today. So nope. somebody's computer completely fried yeah. and could not get anything off of it. So that is lost forever to the archives. So indeed. So hour and twenty minutes or something like that. We yeah, went it was a, it was a long one, but yeah. it was a good one. So. That's what happens. But good news is more stuff happened. Indeed. More stuff is, looks like it's going to happen. Yes. Coming up soon. So we'll, uh, we'll go break down as much as we can from the draft, free agency, if there are any trades in there. If we do ever, mind you, if we do everything, including like everything in the NHL that happened, we're going to do all the blues stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. But if we do every single little NHL deal, this will be a four-hour show. Oh, for sure. So, um, as much as I think Chris and I would like that, Chris has to get up super early tomorrow morning. Hella early. So we're gonna, we're recording right now on the eleventh of October. Yeah. So at uh, what a little before six o'clock? Before so. six o'clock. So just to give you an idea because right now I think the thing is any minute now it looks like the St. Louis Blues are probably going to lose their captain. Yes. After Trangelo it, is more than likely going to sign in Vegas after visiting there yesterday. It appears from what we're reading online from very credible sources that the deal is closing in on being done and the announcement could come as early as from, tonight, as Sunday night. Rutherford and a lot of beat, a lot of yeah. the big beat writers pretty much. Uh, Friedman, LeBron, all those. So very credible ones, not like NHL Insider or, right. or, or whatever. You know. So first off, we'll rewind a little bit. Yep. Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup, which yes. we talked about. So, Pat Maroon, back-to-back cup winner. And he'll let you know. And he'll let you know from what we heard. Uh, and uh, Kevin Chattenkirk gets his first Stanley Cup. Yep. Both get rewarded, I, I, I think, handsomely. Yeah, I think they both got very good contracts coming out of that. So, uh, also, Luke Shen, uh, brother of Braden Shen. So, mm-hmm. Shen brothers, back-to-back champions, which is also kind of cool It's as very well. cool. So, uh, Luke Shen, re-signed with Tampa. Yep. One year. Uh, Pat Maroon got a two-year deal. Yes, for about nine hundred k per year. So good for him. Yeah, I, I think I was reading it. It broke down to rate right about nine fifty. I think something a year. around that. A little under a shade under a mill. Uh, good so, for him. Good for him, man. So and more for agency there. But Kevin Chadkirk was rewarded handsomely, and he got a deal Indeed. with Anaheim, who apparently tried to sign him after he got bought out last year by the Rangers. Yep. So they got their guy finally for about almost four million a year, three point nine. So that seems fair for him. With his buyout deal, he's making about six mil. Right. So, good for him, like we talked about. Right. The Blues, on the other hand, got a lot of work to do. Yes. So, we'll start off the draft first. So, the Blues did keep their first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen mixed reviews of this after going back and look at it. But to me, it comes off as a player that they took with their uh, pick, Jake Neighbors. So, it comes off as uh, he's very much a kind of bigger kid, mm-hmm. uh, power forward. He's the one knock on him is his skating, so looks like. But he's obviously a young kid. Sure, definitely a project pick. Uh, he's got some years before he is with the uh, Blues, so I think a solid three, 
to say the least. I would think so. At least off, you know, no, no, no big trades, honestly. There, I mean, last year neighbors played with the Edmonton Oil Kings, the WHL, twenty-three goals, forty-seven assists, so in sixty-four games, so a little more point at you know a game. I mean, I look at those numbers, but the WHL is very much a goal scorer league, so yeah. it's pretty good. I mean, it's still pretty good. Eighteen-year-old, um, you know, basically according to the little description here, is deceptively a fast player, which I thought was, I thought his knock, knock knock on him was his skating. So we'll see about that. Yeah. Uh, this is from DauberProspects.com. He plays with an edge and knows how to operate in any role offensively. So it sounds like he is a prototypical St. Louis Blues player, a sure. guy you can plug in on the third line. More than likely most of the time would be third to second liner probably top. And may, maybe on a top line for, on, for like a, a cup of coffee type thing. Right. But he's mostly a second or third line guy, which if you can get that out of a first-round pick. I'm fine with that. I think you're okay. Uh, the Blues want making seven picks. Overall, they got a goalie in there, a Will Crane, a Cranley, uh, six overall. So, or excuse me, six overall, six rounder, mixed in there. They did it. They split it after that, three and three, three forwards, three defensemen. Uh, Dylan Peterson, uh, which is funny how somebody described him as a, as a Tage Thompson esque player. And okay. Like, well, we got him in the first round. This is the third round. So, Leo sure. Loof, which uh, a bigger uh, Swedish defenseman. And Matthew Kessel, no relation to my knowledge, and Noah Beck is a seventh round pick, another defenseman. So, sure. obviously, most of those guys you propped after this, you will not hear about them for a, a number of years, years, unless they are involved in some kind of trade deal. Honestly, speaking of the draft, did you see the article that J- I don't remember if Jr. put it out or if Jr. linked to it, which was the story of this is the ten year anniversary of the Schwartz Tarasenko draft. Yes, I saw, but I did not get a chance to read it. It's yet. a really, really good article about the first time a scout saw Tarasenko and how they he went from really not being on their radar at all to a year later them going, we need to get him. Um, and them not being sure if they would fall. Because if you remember, that was the year that the Blues had 14 and 16. Yeah, they traded for – they had the 14th. And they went to 14 and got Schwartz. 14 was the one they had originally. Right. They got that for Schwartz. That was the year they missed the play. Correct. Yeah, so they, did, they bought him out after getting swept by Vancouver, correct? Uh, yes. So the next year they thought, well, like, all right, we're going to win, we're going to do something, and they uh, but, um, didn't play well. Anyway. So, yeah. you know, it, it talks about you know, the big knock on, on Russian players was always, can you get them to come over? Yeah, you know, and that's why a lot of these Russian talents fall so far in the draft. Clem Costin, right? Well, because you know, his shoulder injury, right? Too, people still. aren't sure if you can get them to leave because there's so much incentives for them to stay in Russia and play in the KHL. That you know, can you get them to come to the states? Uh, but the, the, it, it talks about the courting process and everything else about what it, what it took to you know talk to Tarasenko. And ultimately sign him or draft him, sign him, and get him to come over. It's a fantastic read. So if you if you have a subscription to the Athletic, I thoroughly encourage you to read that. If you don't have one, uh, get one because it's not expensive, or at least find someone who has one and like ask me, them like to me. share it with you because it is a really really good article for like just it's a deep dive into the Blues and how they approach drafting and things like that at the time. So, uh, real quick, just uh, checking things up. No, no news on Petro. Just okay. you know, quick while you're talking. So, Petro Watch. Petro Watch. This is like Panda Watch. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good movie. So, the Blues had the free agency after this, and they got some work to do. So, yes. mind you, 
everybody's kind of watching the whole Petro thing, and it's like the way, which I think is really dumb. You got like the night before you basically. Yeah, get I don't watch, understand this. So I was going to ask you about this. So that's just it's in the rules. I mean, there's no reason why that is a dumb rule. So basically, the you have if you're signing a player with your on your own team, you can sign it for eight years, which is fine. You know, that's a, that's part of like oh, in your own team, that's why guys right. trade for. Um, if there was such a thing as signing trades anymore or anything like that. Um, so they had basically till 11 p.m. St. Louis time. Basically yeah. 12 hours Midnight before, Eastern. Yeah, 12 hours before the start of free agency. free agency to get a deal done to have the eighth year still be like an, a, option. an option. And that passed. Yeah, so now the best he can hope for is a seven-year deal. And uh, going into that night, uh, I think Rutherford. Rutherford's been kind of like, I say anti-Rutherford, but he was always like – he. he Never like kind of like got involved with the, the players when it comes to free agency and like being kind of the conduit between fans and there. He I, seemed very hands on with this one. This one seems a little more to me, at least from at least to my instant memory. Mind you, having a player of this caliber be a free agent and then dragging on us along is also very honestly. The, and this is just saying this is the last time I can think of this is like Brett Hall. Yeah, I, I would put this one much higher than than David Backus for sure. Yeah, so Backus was very much like you didn't hear about it and it's all of a sudden you just read right before free agency started that they didn't get a deal yeah. and it was gone. Uh, so Petro, nothing happened and he said he expected a deal late that night. Yeah. Like that, the, you know, 11 o'clock the night before, nothing happened. So I even told you, I was telling my friends, like, if they'd have nothing done by the draft, I'm pretty much saying he's gone. We talked about that in the show that's been lost. Yeah, so we didn't think he would. Because we even talked about the possibility of them trading him at the draft if you didn't think that you could sign him. Yeah, because it'd be, at least you could get, get something. something. If you're 100% know you're out on him, yeah. like, you might as well get, like, something, a pick of some sort right. or whatever. Or if somebody really wants that eighth year. Right. Let them talk sign and figure and out. Sign and trade. You get like something higher for getting that eight. So instead of getting maybe a you know third round pick just for his rights, you maybe move it up to maybe a second round pick because right. you're getting them the eighth year and you're kissing them goodbye. Right. But obviously it didn't happen. Uh, let's let's go through the whole Petro thing before we get into the Blues kind of sure picks because I think that's kind of the first kind of mo- I say most important thing, but kind of, of like the thing that I think it's the it's the hinge pin and everything else. Yeah. So. Free agency hits, uh, nothing kind of happens with the Blues or anything, and then the dominoes kind of start to fall, and then the free agent signing that took everybody by surprise. I called you after after I saw it on Twitter. I just opened Twitter randomly because I was just kind of checking it throughout the day, and it was the first thing seeing the Blues signed. We'll talk about Tory Krug, and you're like, I'm like, oh, he's gone. Well, we had talked earlier in the day um, when free agency opened. Um, everyone still said, don't rule out. Petro, Petrangelo coming back to St. Louis. He's got to go see his options, a la like kind of Steven Sam right. What it? Everyone said that it really seemed like it was a three-team race between St. Louis, Toronto, and Vegas. And Toronto's GM came out and said, we've had discussions. They know where we're at. They know what we want. Um, it's up to them to make the call. And, you know, everyone knew that Vegas was hot and heavy on him. Uh, obviously Vegas fired the first shot by trading Paul Stasny to free up cap room. Yeah, so that was kind of the first kind of... That was the first sign that, okay, Vegas is is really going to try to make this work. You know, it was pretty much for nothing at the end right. of the day. It was right. like pretty much a low it was a cap player pick. and a low pick. Right. Pretty much take the $6.5 million because we... And, we need the money. And also, um, Stasny only had a 10-team no trade, and Winnipeg was not on that right. like no trade, so that he didn't need to ask him, right. and he was traded. So... It started to become clear, probably, I'd say, mid-afternoon, that Toronto was not going to happen. 
and then it was really a two-team race. And then I forget who put it out, if it was Lou Korak or, or one of the national deciders, put something out that said, if the Blues are out on Petro, look for them to make a run for Tory Krug. And I'll, I'll fill that blank in for you right now. It was not one of the national guys. Weirdly, former St. Louis Blue, Scotty Upshaw. You're right. You're right. Because I sent that to you, and I was like, That's this weird. makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, like yeah, that makes like he's like Tory. He said he said Tory Kruger, T.J. Brody, which is right. the, basically the he honestly will say honestly like nothing against knock of those two. The next tier down of guys available, sure. very good players for sure, cheaper. Yep, still very good players. Right. So, you know, I thought I figured that this was the okay. You know, we've got plans in place. My my theory. Now, this is just my pessimistic a-hole side. And I think I told you this that morning. I was like, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now. I was like, we're going to lose Petro early, and they're going to sign Pat Maroon. And it's going to be the – it's going to be the. I'm sorry we lost David Backus, but hey, kids, look, David Perron's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's going to be that all over again. And then, like, no sooner did I say that Maroon signed his deal. I'm like, all right, my theory's out the window. Um, but I think we've all been around this team enough to, knew, to, to have known – Armstrong had plan A, B, C, D, and E. Yeah. Like he, and so I figured I was like, okay, you know, I, you knew that they were going to try. It also came out that earlier in the afternoon that the deal that they offered Petro the night before did in fact include a partial no movement and a signing some, bonus. Some signing bonus money. Which are the two things that the Blues have never offered before. Which I got those quotes, and we'll go into those when we talk about the free agency right. signings. So, you know, I guess, what was it, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night? Yeah, about 6 or so. Uh, the news came in that the Blues have acquired Tory Krug for seven years and $45.5 million. I'm like, mm. well, there's your Petro deal. Petro's gone. Yeah, because you're just saying – that's, that's a lot money. of money. That's, that's the money and the, the term right there. there. Yeah, because you basically all the moves the Blues made, the Jake Allen trade – which can't remember if that was we had that pre the last one, so I'm sure that's, I think that's, we did. that's I think super we did. old news by now. But obviously that move got him a bunch of money. Yep, and um, you know brought him close enough to the cap. So then you bring in Tory Krug. So Krug's brought in, and here's the thing that kind of gets on my nerves about the whole Petro thing, which is why I'm not mad at Petro at all. Let's get that first off. That's of course it's a business. It's a business. I think his agent really screwed over the Blues just because of who is running the Blues. Possibly, I mean, I like that's this, something we've talked about. We've in the talked last about show. in the past. Because um, it seems like Petro was like, I was caught off guard by the Blues signing Krug, and I. It's like, but if we waited for you and then you decided to go to Vegas and Krug signed somewhere else, we have nobody to fill that void, and then we're which, even wor- so. I will say kudos to Armstrong for at least. Because they came out with what we'll talk a little lightly going to the Tory Krug thing super quick since it's all kind of connected. Yep. Um, Krug said he did not hear from the Blues until eleven fifteen that morning. Yep. And the, technically, the real quick, I looked it up while you were talking. The time was the tweet came out was a little after five o'clock St. Louis time. Yeah. So you're talking in six hours they got that deal hammered out. Yeah. And that's and that's what I was going to say is that Krug had made the comment that the Blues weren't even on his radar until that morning. Yeah, and then he just you know they got he was sold on St. Louis by Armstrong, and then say if he talked to any players or anything like that because obviously he didn't talk to Petrangelo or anything like that. No, but no, no. Remember, and so back to Petro, the thing that people kind of like I said the thing that chapped me was like he's like taken off guard. I'm like, listen, man, 
I get it. You're the bell of the ball right now. It's still a business. It. We got like if, yeah. If we waited for you and you cha- and you do us, the team is screwed even further. Yeah. And let's be honest, that championship window. If you, I mean, I'm not saying Tory Krug keeps that thing super wide open. Instead it closes of it, a little bit without of it, him. Instead, instead of it closing a lot with Petro, it closes, yeah, I say hand, a little bit. Yeah. But you still have Tory Krug to hold that open, and you still have a pretty good, I think, foundation overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so Petro, and then the thing that people are, I think it was funny, which me and you talked about as well, uh, Petrangelo, the, the door's not, uh, excuse me, Armstrong said the door is not closed on anything. I hope he get, keeps us in the loop about what he's doing. Right. So... If they circle back and he says, hey, let's try to net work something out, He Armstrong says, I'll put pen to paper and get him signed. Yeah. Plain and simple. And knowing Armstrong, he probably has a deal ready to go. Like I'm sure. Something ready to go in case he needs to make cap room. Which, just to let you know, it looks like Vegas just has shipped Nate Schmidt to the Florida Panthers. Clearing, oh, that's Clearing $5.9 million yep, that's off. It. So, more than likely. That's your money. That's your money. Mind you, they had, about a, they had about a million and a half of cap room. With that, that pushes the seven, and then once they figure out the Mark Andre Flurry thing, that'll push them. Over Boy, they can't get anyone to take Flurry. Yeah, I'd be so. And I, he doesn't have no move. He has a no trade. So I wonder if somebody just kind of like what they did with Tyler Johnson this week, where he just put on waivers and hopefully someone picks him up. Mind you, nobody picked up Tyler Johnson, which is which crazy, shocking. Which is shocking. Um, but anyway, Petro flies to Vegas, and everybody's like, "Well, how, like, how can he? He just just decided to go all of a sudden. Like, yeah, exactly." It's like this is pre-done. No, no it's, it's not. No, it's not, man. No, I mean, I didn't mind you. You might know this better than I do. It's like when you have money, and you can charter a plane. You can charter a plane. Like you can call the airport and be like, "Is there a plane available to fly to Vegas within the next couple hours?" Yeah, all you have to do is file your flight plan with the FCC and the airport. They'll put you on a schedule. And go, okay, you can leave in this window. Get in your plane to go. And let's be honest, two things which we talked about. Me and you talked about off air. One. Petro's not like a poor poor at all. I mean, the man has signed a huge seven-year deal, right? Seven, obviously, seven years ago. Yeah, uh, and also, I what's the owner's name for Vegas. Maloof. Uh, the Maloof uh, brothers have money. Yeah, they so, own like five or six casinos in Vegas. So, like you said, that's a business expense. It's a business expense. You send the you send the plane they to St. Louis. Ha- they might have a plane, and a guy would be like, "Hey, fly to St. Louis, pick this guy up." That's exactly right. Somebody from the I guess Chesterfield Airport airport like yeah, tweeted, tweeted a it. picture. Well, and what's funny is, so, which is I funny. was listening to NHL radio last night. That's the whole reason that trip went public because I forget who they were talking about, but they said Petrangelo's plan was to keep that trip on the down low, but airport personnel leaked that he was going to Vegas. Yeah, look, man, that's not uncommon. Any free agent worth their salt is going to go not just have phone calls, but go check out the team. Go I would say times are different right now, at least. I mean, yeah, man. You know, I mean, obviously Krug didn't after the Blues, but Petro, I think, is like with him, family and stuff is very important to him. He wanted to go check it out, exactly. And see well, and it, that's and I, see everything because I, I would think specifically yeah, with Vegas more than any other market. If you've never been there, and even if you have been there. You usually, as a tourist, don't leave the Strip. Yeah, the out, outer city is right. very suburban. Very. You very get two or three miles away from the Strip, and it's like St. Louis County and St. Charles County. Yeah. It, it's it's very family-friendly, and it, it's it's not a bad place to live and not a bad place to have a family. Um, but again, if you've never ventured outside of the Strip, or in a hockey player's case, probably outside of your hotel or hockey arena, you wouldn't know that. So they probably were like, come out, 
you know, meet meet with the owners, meet with the coach. They're probably going to have a meet with a couple players. You know, let's drive you around, show you some neighborhoods where you could live, schools and stuff, schools, like that. Yeah, things yeah. like that. Get a get a taste for what Vegas has because you're going to live here in your next seven years. Yeah, you know, you're going to be sending your kids to school here. They're going to grow up here. Yeah, because Petro will be 31 in January. So basically, the, another thing which we'll talk about the NHL season now is pushed back a month at right. least. What this means for Winter Classic, we don't know yet. Uh, it's done. Yeah, so it pushed a year at least. Right. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, so Petro, all things look like he is gone. I mean, I'm very, I'm very curious to see the numbers because if it's close to that eight by eight deal that the Blues offered, I will. That be pissed at like Petro per se. I'll be pissed at like the agent for basically wanting every little thing. I don't know. I try to phrase this better because, like, as a very agent, you should ask for as much as you can get. But if if he is very much like the Pujols thing, where he very much was saying, "I want to be in St. Louis," like obviously his wife's from here, he's grown up here, he's won a championship here, yeah. being have a statue out front is a, you know, all that stuff's important to him. And then it's thrown away for a little bit of more cash. Yeah. That kind of will grind my gears because, like, if it comes out at seven year fifty six, I'd be upset because that's an eight by eight deal. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens. So more than likely, he is gone. So that's the big news. And then, obviously, we kind of talked about the other stuff. So the Blues have some work to do. Yes. So obviously, with Petro in the wind pretty much until this, the big first tri- signing was uh, Blues bring in a minor league goalie. <laughs> Correct. So, and mind you, they need it because they need to have somebody behind, like a AHL veteran, basically, to have somebody there in case whoso maybe can't hold up. So they signed John Gillies, formerly of the Calgary Flames, to a one-year, two-way deal. Um, only played a you know a cup of coffee pretty much up here, uh, up here. I mean NHL, but he's played over 160 games in AHL. So he's had some time down there, and he'll be down there most of the time. Let's be honest. Uh, but the big news, which we kind of talked about, was the Blues signing Tory Krug. Which, well, let's be honest, me and you definitely, which I would say 99% of Blues fans didn't think this was possible. No. And let's be honest, after they signed Krug, and we, I told you about this, where it was very much people were – because Petro was still in the wind, I guess right. you could say. It went from – I'm have my hand up high, very pissed, and then kind of like people were like, oh, my God, you gave this guy money instead of Petro. Then it slowly took it down and be like, well, I mean, he is a good player, but, I mean, I wish Petro got that money to like, all right, I can work with Tory Krug being on our team. He's a good player to – man, I can't have to see Tory Krug with effing Colton Pareko yeah. and blah, 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 and how great he is. So, seven-year, $45 million deal. Uh, good for him. Uh, no trade clause. No signing bonuses. What does that sound? That's a Doug Armstrong specialty right there. Mm-hmm. So, um, he basically signs and it goes on to uh, have his little Q&A. Like, we talked about some of the details already. We talked about they got the deal hammered out in a handful of hours, um, which is very interesting. Mind you, he's an undrafted free agent that signed with the uh, Boston Bruins. Five, oh, played over 500 games so far. 300 points as a defenseman. Not too bad. No. Nine, nine goals, 40 assists. A lot of them on the power play. Um, Blues power play already was pretty decent, but I think having a, I think you now have a truly have a power play quarterback. I 100% I agree. Like something the Blues, I mean, nothing against Petro, but whatever. But I think like Tory Crew gets what he does. He moves the puck up very fast. He'll hit. It's going to be crazy. So, uh, what? <laughs> 
Yes. That's insane. Real quick, breaking breaking news Breaking to us. news, Elliot Freeman. No confirmation, but rumors that Taylor Hall will be going to Buffalo on a short-term deal. Yeah, he didn't – yeah, he was going for a winner. I guess you got to play Jack – I mean, your friends in Buffalo are going to be psyched. Oh, there's going to be a track pants moment for them. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, Tory Krug uh, basically talks like how – another thing which I thought was interesting for him, during the day – a big rumor was that he got offered six years, 6.5 by the Boston Bruins yeah. and turned it down. Uh, according to him, which obviously there's two sides to everything, which is the same thing with the Petro thing, which I really didn't get into. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm sure his agent is feeding Rutherford all this stuff, and and obviously Armstrong's going to counter with, like, I gave him a no-move clause and I gave him some signing bonus money. Two things I don't do. Yeah. Uh, I think the Blues put their best foot forward. They I honestly do. I, I have no complaints with Doug Armstrong on what he did to sign Petro. Yeah. We'll get him. We'll be interjecting here and there with more and more about the Petro stuff. So Krug comes here. Uh, I think it's a pretty good move. Uh, I think the funniest the tweet of the night goes to Robert Thomas, though. We'll say that much. So good. Uh, this shows that obviously Troy Krug's the guy who hit Thomas during the Stanley Cup Finals and knocked him out of the Stanley Cup Finals during Game one. Two, one or two. Game one. Game one. Remember, he charged from one end to another, and I, I I'll be honest. I, how I, that was I, charging, I will never understand. I will rip him. I ripped Tory Krug so bad after that hit, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, was, that wasn't bad. But no. Oh, I but, still think it was a bad hit, was a bad but hit. whatever. But the best uh, thing was after that, there was a the picture of that hit that Robert Thomas put up, and he said, did we just come best friends? The funny part is Troy Krug retweeted that with the gift from Step Brothers, and, and uh, what's his name, saying, yep. Yep. So... He should have replied. You know what should happen after that is that Robert Thomas should have replied with, "Do you want to go do karate in the in the garage?" Yeah, it should have been great, but very funny. And I, for all reports, what I read, Tori Krug's also really good teammate. Yeah, really great in the community. Um, Stand up guy. Everybody in the locker room loved him. A lot of the a lot of the guys from Boston, Patrice Bergeron, uh, David Krejci, a lot of those guys tweeted stuff and said how great he was, and they're really going to miss him and stuff, which. Uh, if they didn't miss them, I don't think they put statements out like that. So, I agree. I, look, here's what I like about Krug. I think that he is a uh, uh, the Taylor Hall thing just got re- retweeted by or just got done by Dreger that it's a he's heading to Buffalo pending final approval. Details to follow. Crazy. That's nuts. Um, the thing that I like about Krug is that he's younger than Petro. Uh, he gives us back are left-handed, right-handed defensemen on all three pairings. And he is offensive-minded, but he's not a liability defensively. I'm not saying that he is apples-to-apples apples the same player that Petrangelo is. I think he has the ability to become that type of guy, but I think that we have traded down in years, and there's more potential. I think it is a maybe a, like you said, instead of taking a giant step backwards, it's now a small step backers. You've mitigated the amount of um, recession you have yeah. on your roster. It's a damn good fill-in for Petrangelo. Yeah, if you if you could pick somebody, it's better than saying, oh, yeah, we – because, honestly, a Blues thing, which I would have thought would have happened if it, they didn't sign him, be like, oh, well, we expect Justin Falk and Vince Dunn to step up, and which I 100% thought that's how it would go. But and yet, our top prospect. Yeah, and uh, Prunovich. Prunovich. Yeah. So, but now uh, – you have a very competent replacement, and then now you kind of have a really strong left side, which before you kind of had – you had Vince Dunn, you had Marco Scandella, which two solid guys. Vince Dunn, obviously well, – you know, obviously Tory Krug also. Also, the thing with Tory Krug, for being a smaller guy, likes to hit. Yes, a lot. And is a very physical player. So that's gonna, something the Blues fans are really going to like too. So Tory Krug, 
very good fill-in for their, uh, Alex Petrangelo, who it looks like he is departing the St. Louis Blues. Yep. So the Blues started to fill out their AHL roster as the day went along. So besides Steve Santini from the, the Nashville Predators, he was not qualified earlier in the day. Excuse me, the day before. Uh, he was the one of the main pieces in the P.K. Subban trade from yeah. New Jersey to Na- – or from Nashville, New Jersey. So they did not qualify him, and now that's a solid right-handed defenseman that will probably be one of the first call-ups on your right-handed side if the Mitch Rinke doesn't – seem like he kind of took a step back last year after having a really good rookie AHL campaign. So uh, Stantini has a limited amount. He had a 42nd overall in the 2013 draft, uh, five goals, 16 assists, in his career, which is about 100 NHL games. So not high scoring, but we'll see what happens. Another, The Blues start to fill out their AHL roster, which I just said, with some pretty solid players in my opinion. Another one is uh, Curtis McKenzie. Uh, comes from the – he was on Dallas, the Dallas Stars uh, yep. affiliate. And he's a kind of a long-tenured AHL-type guy, so that's a good thing. The Blues also signed – uh, the leading scorer of the AHL, uh, Anaya, A-N-A, I think it's about Anna. Sure. So the, he was on the Iowa Wild last year. I'm familiar with that team. So uh, had 70 points last year at AHL. They had 50 assists. So, like I said, you need those guys down AHL to have a successful AHL team. Uh, so that success I'm looking at you, Ty Ratty. Yeah, so <laughs> – who is over in the KHL currently? Right, well, tearing, mind you, person tearing it te- up. Who is tearing it up? Dimitri Askin apparently. Real Good up. for them. Yeah, but the best part is, uh, aside, no one. Uh, Scotty Upshaw was like, "Yeah, perfect league for him. Nobody has to hit." <laughs> Truth, <laughs> which, I, which, which Truth. I thought was awesome. Unfortunately, they do have to fly. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, ouch. So last signing. Side. <laughs> we'll move on quickly. Moving on quickly. Which this is kind of a surprising one, which we'll start, we'll start the little speculation thing up as well. Blue signed Kyle Clifford to a two-year deal for two million dollars, so about a million dollars a year. This is uh, to me Pat Maroon 2.0 signing a hundred percent signing a like tough guy who is going to fill in your bottom part, give you good leadership, uh, play the tough guy role. He'll be on the fourth line. To, this pushes the Blues very far over the cap. We're talking like $1.7 million over the cap currently. Uh, the thing that you're going to probably see happen is the Blues are going to have a couple guys go on long-term IR to fill up a bunch of money. Uh, one of those guys, obviously, Vladimir Tarasenko, who had shoulder surgery. My, By the way, my buddy from Buffalo is officially freaking out. <laughs> I figured he would be. Losing his mind right now. Yeah, because that, no, that, once again, another that player. That came out of nowhere. That came out of nowhere. Like the Krug thing came out of nowhere. I want to know how short-term short-term is. One year, two, two years. years. Two years, and maybe he gets a no move so he can get protected to Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So Clifford comes here, and I like I said, I think that's is very much smells. He went to Toronto last year after being with LA his whole career. Has two cups. I think it's important. I think yep. it's another reason that he got a contract. A guy who's been through it before, with two teams that uh, very similar style to the Blues, very defensive minded, hard hitting teams that were uh, kind of like the Blues tried to do with during those years when they're battling LA. Uh, during the early 2010s or so. Agreed. But uh, I think this means Alexander Steen, I don't think he is 100% going to make it back for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To say the least, um, $5.75 million. Mind you, 
these are random Twitter accounts, so I don't. I think one of them had like actually like fifteen thousand followers, but whatever. Uh, a couple people were talking back and forth, and they said that I, it's pretty much Steen's done, and he's just sitting out. Just oh, like, dude! Crazy. Which, I mean, he didn't look right when he tried playing a couple of those games, and they and according to what Armstrong said during the Tory Krug uh, press conference, he said that uh, he is not. He's made little to no progress. Yeah. So we're looking at he will not be ready for the start of the season along with Vladimir Tarasenko. Talk right. about Alexander Steen. So you're talking $13 million right there. In dead money. In dead – well, that's going to be a long-term IR. Right. But – so the Blues can go up a little bit, but eventually if those guys come back, you got to figure out where the money is going to come from and all this other stuff. So – and according to after the Clifford thing, signing, they are done, which I don't know if it's true. Armstrong surprises before. Remember – the infamous "I'm done after signing David Prawn, Tyler Bozak" yeah. thing, and then ROR, and three years, uh, three years later, three hours later, RR is of St. Louis Blue. So, I think there's definitely something in the hopper. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, as of right now, let's see. Taylor Hall has just signed with Buffalo. <laughs> tweet the reaction tweet of the day. Friend of mine for Buffalo, but just put quotes. I want to win. Taylor Hall. Dot dot dot. Let's go to Buffalo. <laughs> Correct. So the other thing which is interesting uh, with everything that's happening, there's so many signings and players moving around. The goalie carousel is the one I'm going to focus on the most. So a lot of teams have new goalies. The big one is Henry Lundqvist gets bought out, mm-hmm. goes from New York to, to Washington, Washington for a one-year low, low, you know, basically low-money deal. Braden Holpe goes from Washington to Vancouver. For two years and about $4 million. A little mm-hmm. over four. Markstrom from Vancouver goes to Calgary. Yeah. For six years, $36 million. Also mixed in there, Matt Murray goes from Pittsburgh, traded from Pittsburgh to Ottawa. Correct. And signed for a lot of money, which Jordan Binnington saw that deal, and he's like, saw dollar signs. Yeah. Because I'm like. Matt Smith. Resigned in Edmonton. Mike Smith, yeah, Mike Smith resigned in Edmonton, and the and the fans burned shit down. <laughs> they're so <laughs> people, oh boy, they're angry. They they're like, all right, we're gonna get Brady so Volpe, many goalie options, so many goalie options, and they get none. Uh, so after that, Cam Talbot goes from Calgary to Minnesota, continuing Minnesota's goalie problems. <laughs> Correct, <laughs> mind you, Minnesota has an opening because they traded Devin Dubnik. To the San, San Jose, Jose Sharks. Keep following the train. Keep following the train. Yeah. So I think I think I finished all the thing I got. Where it did all. Crawford go? Yes. And then Corey Crawford. That's outside of the train. I'm trying right. to like out the connection there. Okay. But all the other goalies and there's other goalies in there. But that's like the kind of yeah the domino effect what happened around the league. So Chicago's going with two young goalies, which apparently pissed off Jonathan Taves today. Uh, it would me too. Jonathan Taves is like, I want to win. Yeah. And, and no offense to Malcolm Subban. But uh, you ain't winning with him. And Malcolm, so they're going two young goalies. Crawford goes to New Jersey. Good that's signing right, for them. That's right, because they signed out. They uh, paid off uh, Schneider. That Schneider's gone out of there. Um, other thing with Chicago, got rid of one of their top, not top scores, second-line player, Brandon Saad. And uh, Bieber Hare, um, the guy we hate, Shaw. Andrew Shaw was gone. Same uh, deal. Was Shaw on the same deal? Anyway. Shaw and Saad, same deal. Okay, so they go to Colorado. I don't think Shaw yes. was in it. Yes, yep. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Okay, we'll have to look at that up real quick. Um, 
They go to Colorado. So Colorado gets Zadorov, goes over there. So that's in, so Chicago continues their uh, one year eight million dollars for Hall. One year eight million. Mm-hmm. Woo! All right. I guess get that money. Get it. I, good for him. Him and Eichel will be fun to watch together, but I can't imagine that's going to cure Buffalo's woes. Nah, they got a lot of problems besides that. Like yeah. the gold signing, enough against Carter, the starter. But it's, yeah. uh, So a lot of other signings they're going to mix in here. I'm just trying to like pick. I hear Brian Elliott's available. Brian Elliott's not available. He signed with uh, Philadelphia. Oh. So unfortunately, no. So uh, let's see. What is Who all did everybody sign here? Blackhawks really didn't sign too many guys. I let a lot of guys go, though. Yeah. Uh, everybody's kind of kind of filling up their roster with their own players. Uh, the one that's weird, Miko Koivu goes from the Wild to Columbus. Uh, Bobby Ryan, which the Blues thought we were in on him. Yeah, yeah. He said, I guess the I guess a lot of teams signed him on being like a third line guy that helps fill in. And Detroit, which they're awful, terrible, uh, said they were like, oh, I want you on a top that's a top buddy, line guy. That's my buddy from Buffalo. <laughs> True. <laughs> Short term, like four months. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Edmonton, they got a couple of, I say retreads, but, I mean, they got Kyle Turris, who was bought out. Yep. They get Tyson Berry, who was let go by Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toronto fills that gap with TJ Brody, which is a good deal for them. That's a great signing for them. Yeah, because he, he plays the right – as a lefty, he plays the right side, though. Again, I think Toronto, much like St. Louis, couldn't wait around for Petro and had to make a move. They and, didn't uh, want to get caught with nothing. So during the Brody thing, they, people ask him, like, what about Petrangelo? Why didn't, he's like, we checked in, and then we, we told him our limitations, and I yep. think he moved on. Yeah. You know, and then it, that's big. I think that's kind of where Armstrong was, too. It's like, Although Armstrong can't say that because it's his, it's technically, you know, his player. But Yeah, but so it's interesting that happens. So, like I said, a couple of the other big trade that happened, the big trade, I guess you could say, player for player, was Max Domi yes. going from Montreal to Columbus. Yes. And, Col- and Josh Anderson going the other way. And then the Canadians just love to throw out money. Oh, boy. The Josh Anderson thing blew me away is a guy who's been kind of hurt. Mind you, he had, a couple, had one really good season, and but he looked great that year for 23 or 24 goals. Seven-year deal for almost five mil per. That's a lot. That's a lot of money, man. Like, prove me wrong. That's fine. But he, they, that's crazy. Team that I expect is taking a huge step back is the National Predators. Uh, they got rid of some players. They did acquire Luke Coonan, a uh, St. Louis native. native, with the uh, Minnesota Wild, which that was an interesting trade. Don't understand that one. They get him down here, and they're going to love him down in Nashville. But, I mean, they got rid of a lot of guys. They did trade uh, – who's the guy who uh, beat his wife? Uh, all of them in the South. No, but the one guy in Nashville, he got oh. Austin Watson. Yes. He got traded away, so uh, he goes up to Ottawa for grit, whatever you want to call that. Sure. After they signed Nick Cousins. Uh, let's see, the Rangers obviously got the top draft pick, uh, Alexis Lafreniere, I guess you say that. And they basically signed a bunch of uh, minor league guys and probably the worst signing of the uh, at least day on the first day, Jack Johnson, who was bought out. Whoever he, people were saying he shouldn't even be in NHL anymore, and he still got a one-year, one point five million dollar contract. Yep, was the Rangers correct? The Rangers. I don't get it. Uh, they like, they like, uh, they like spending money too. Yeah, a lot of the, the Blues minor league guys moved on. Like Andreas Borgman, he's a lefty that the Blues try uh, acquired for. Uh, who's the guy? Justin Schmaltz or Jordan Schmaltz? Excuse me. Uh, they acquired him from Toronto. 
Schmaltz is traded later on, and I think he's a free agent again, and Borgman moves on as well. Uh, I think that's about it. Wayne Simmons and Zach Bogoisen signed with Toronto. Everybody else is just kind of – I say everybody's just doing a lot of the big moves pretty much we talked about. I would say uh, I'm, just going, I'm just trying to go through and just pick through because there's so much because they list every single, like, little transaction. So the last signing right now on the thing is two years, $2 million contract with Kyle Clifford. It's the last thing on NHL.com. Yep. Uh, they have not caught up to the Taylor Hall one year eight mil one year eight million dollars, which is confirmed via a text message with Pierre LeBron. So there you go. So kind of breaking, at least breaking on the podcast news. So, uh, so we'll just go back over this real quick. So, what do you think? All said and done, let's just we're going to assume that Alex Petrangelo is gone. Do you think this team next year and? Just don't look, consider everything else that happened in the NHL. Just this mm. team right here. You look at this roster up and down, and you know your limitations with Vladimir Tarasenko and Alexander Steen, which you can say what you say about Steen. But is this team a Stanley Cup contender or a top-tier team next year? Stanley Cup contender, I don't know. I think that they are uh, a solid team. I honestly – losing Vladdy doesn't bother me. We played this whole year without Vladdy. Mm-hmm. Um, Steen is negligible. Honestly, I, I don't think that affects the team at all. He does well, he does like those penalty kill and stuff like that, but yeah. he, we have guys that could do that possibly. Right. I, I think really the, the biggest difference between this team and the team from last year is uh, Petro to Tori Krug. And I think that it is a step backwards, not a huge step backwards. Um, you hope – that this gives Justin Falk the bigger role that he needs. It makes him more comfortable. Yep. I think this team is about where they were last year. Um, you know, I, I think the Blues were built to repeat last year. And I, I honestly think that had COVID not happened, uh, the Blues were set to make a deep run in the playoffs. Yep. Um, COVID messed up a lot. I mean, now mind you, and we'll, that's another conversation. Right. But NHL wise, messed up a lot of stuff, man, because the cap got screwed up. The Everything. season got screwed Look, up. If there's no COVID and no flat cap, Petro's here, done. Yeah. Uh, the deal's not even a problem. Yep. Um, everyone's going to look, I'll tell you right now, everyone's going to crap on the St. Louis Blues when it comes to predictions because we lost Petro. Oh, they're not, you know, the window's closed. Uh. I, I really don't think that they took that far much of a step backwards. I think that. The core of this team offensively is the same as it was last year. And I'm including the fact that Petro or that that Tarasenko's injured because he was injured all last year. Yeah. Um I think that if Krug and Falk can pick up the weight that is lost by Petro leaving, this team will be fine. Do they win the central? Eh, maybe not. Maybe Colorado wins it. Yeah. But who cares? You know, I, I think we've said it for years, and we won a cup with it. I don't care about winning the division anymore. I don't. No. Nope. Do not care. Just get me into the playoffs. And once you're in, let's play some playoff hockey. So I, I don't know if I would call them an odds-on favor to win the Stanley Cup like they were last year. Um, but I think if you really drill down on this team, it hasn't changed that much. I mean, you've lost some star power. But I think that Tory Krug is a damn good plug-in for what you've lost. As good as you could get on the market. Yeah. Without having to trade other pieces out, 
I think Tory Krug is as, as good as you were going to get to fill in. Yeah, and I'll agree with that. I, I think uh, the thing that we're going to see the most um, to start the year whenever the season does start, which will let you be kind of alluded to that they uh, at the draft, they basically said the new start date is January 1st. We'll yep. give you more information about training camps and all that stuff, and we'll see what happens. I truly believe the Winter Classic All-Star Game were pushed out this year. I agree. That's I agree. They're going to wait till because that is a fans got to be in the stands type Let's thing. be honest. We're – 10, 11 weeks away from what would be the Winter Classic. Yeah. And there's nothing except for the fact that we know the two teams and where it's going to be. Yeah. That team, that game's not happening. Yeah, well, it's just... It may happen, but it's just going to be a regular game in Excel Energy Center. Yeah. It's not going to be the Winter Classic. It's not going to be the Winter Classic because the schedule-wise, it really hasn't been made yet. That was like the only game that's on the schedule right now. Right. Technically. Technically. Um, so, yeah, we don't know if there's going to be like a, the bubble thing they talked about where they're making a bunch of bubbles and teams travel. That could be a thing. There's a lot of stuff up in the air. I mean, obviously, it depends on how this how COVID goes and the flu season goes, this vaccine goes, everything goes. Pause for one second. Your comment about the bubble made me think of something. Did you see the comment that the guy who, who worked at the airport put in his tweet about Petro? No. Go ahead. He asked Petro, hey, man, what was it like in the bubble? And Petro's answer was, it effing sucks, especially if you have a family. Yep. So, which we talked about, which is said it could affect some players, and obviously we can talk about a lot of the blues didn't look great. Yeah. But we also we had numerous things. Back of an issue, half a quarter of the team, 20% had COVID or something like that. Yeah. A couple points for that. People just not digging, being isolated. Yeah. I don't know. Could have been a lot of things. Obviously, they weren't themselves. Because no. we saw how great they were playing up until that point. And, then and how bad they were in there. there. So, anyways. So a lot of things could be coming up where that's kind of like a interesting thing with this bubble thing where they go into a bubble two weeks, then sure. they go home for a week, and then they go back into another bubble for two weeks, and they keep kind of rotating like that right. to get the season done. That's the rumor, at least. That was kind of like the one thing they're looking at. And there's like, I get that. And there's like four or the six bubbles or something like that, and mm-hmm. they kind of like, like basically one for every division basically, and they kind sure. of travel around. So anyway, that's one thing. Um, I think that this team you're going to see the start of next year is going to be – it's going to be a struggle, and not because you don't have like bad players. I think it's players adapting to new, I say positions. I mean, you don't have that captain, that Alexander Petrangelo. You don't have that top tier right defenseman anymore. You have Col- like it's going to be Cole Preco or Justin Falk's going to do and move into that role. One way or another, they're going to feel the pressure. You're obviously replacing the captain, the guy who was a long mainstay on the blue line. The captain, the first guy that rates the Stanley Cup for St. Louis Blues franchise, all that good stuff. That, I will, I'm sure they'll factor in somehow to their like, heads to a degree, but obviously at the end of the day, you've got to go out there and play. Right. But I, I'm thinking hopefully I think it's going to be a struggle to start because everybody's figuring out the new roles. You're going to have Krug's going to be there, which who knows what happens with Vince Dunn now. Vince Dunn, which I, we didn't really mention. Well, his name has been thrown around in a lot of trade talks the last 48 hours. Well, and also the weird thing is, too, in the last 48 hours, he wiped his Instagram. Clean, Did he? Clean. Still there. Every picture, every post is gone. Interesting. It's very interesting. So, mm-hmm. And that was done right when free agency started. So he's the only RFA left. The Blues have no room technically, but if you're going to – you had to go 10% over during the offseason. Right. But obviously with the long-term IR thing, obviously you're putting Tarasenko in more than likely Alexander Steen on there. You have plenty of room. Right. So, but he's also represented by the same agent as – Petro. Petro. So who knows – how it's going to go there's going to be some kind of trade because krug is let's be honest uh you know version basically vince dunn yeah vince dunn could be eventually a toy crew type player 
because let's be honest, Vince Dunn's pretty darn good back there. I agreed. And he could, I like Vince Dunn, and he could be really good. But maybe when they signed Krug, I don't know if it's when he signed Krug, he wiped his thing. But I just saw it pop up around that same time. Right. So who knows what's going to happen there? So that's it, the big thing that's left for the St. Louis Blues at this moment. You have the goaltending set, Bennington's back. Um, if he plays like he did during last year, overall right. play really well until the bubble didn't play that great with a lot of players. Uh, I think having your right side of your defense is going to try to find their way for the mm-hmm. first time without Alexander Petrangelo, who was very durable too, but yes. didn't miss too many games. Um, I think it's, it's going to be a loss no matter what. And let's stop with that. We're not just saying because Tory Krug is going to be sure. just fine. You plug in him in, you're going to be just fine. There's going to be a curve, learning. I say learning. There is. A I learning there is. curve. There's going to be some kind of learning curve in there where everybody's going to figure out their way. Uh, and well, I'll ask you that question after I finish my point here, and then we'll go into that, the thing I'm thinking about. Uh, I still think they're a very good team. Yes. They're, they're definitely a playoff team. It's 100%. They're a top tier uh, West team. I want to say as a non-homer, I want to say yes, they're on the like bottom of that list. Agreed. But I believe they're not near the top right now with losing after Trangelo because that, that knocks them down at the end of the day. I believe you'll see people put them below Colorado and possibly Dallas. And probably Vegas, honestly. But, I mean, as far as the Central. Yeah, Central. Yeah, because Dallas, pretty much uh, re-signing a lot of their guys. Yep. They got Kudobin back, and they yep. basically are re-signing all the RFAs. Didn't really lose too many guys. Correct. So they're pretty much bringing back the same team, kind of a la what the Blues did this year. Right. Um, minus Pat Maroon and all that stuff. Um, to – So anyway, I think they're going to be – I just expect them to finish two or three in the Central next year. I agree. I okay. think so. Yeah. Um, to your point about losing the captain and the guy who raised the cup, um, it's always been my understanding that as far as in the locker room, Petro's never really been – the type of captain that, like, what we always heard about David Backus. David Backus would, would call people to the carpet. He would be the guy who was like, you need to step up. Like, he would get in teammates' faces. Obviously, we saw the fights that you know they were had in practice and all yeah. that. The Petro was never that guy. Petro was very passive. Lead by example type Right. Guy, Remember yeah. before, in 19, before this team turned it around, everyone was like, where the hell is Petrangelo? Yeah, because remember Bortuzzo and Sanford were fighting in practice. Yeah, and you know, stuff. like, Petro was given the usual, well, you know, we're, you know, we're just trying, you know, this game was last night, we're going to move on to the next game. The usual jock talk. Um it sounds like, and I think the logical choice for the next captain is going to be Ryan O'Reilly. And everything that you hear is that as soon as Ryan O'Reilly got to St. Louis, he became that dude in the locker room. He became that vocal guy. He became, Staying after practice, yeah, helping younger guys out. He became that voice. He became that leader in the locker room. So I think that if Petro moves out, there's the initial like, wow, it's really weird not to see his face here anymore. But as far as the leadership part of it, I don't know how much we lose by losing him. And the you know losing the, the guy who raised the cup for the first time, I think that's more of a fans thing. I don't think the players give two craps about that. Um, we still have a locker room full of people who know what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. That yeah. have done it, that have gone through that fight, and not who have gone through that fight like ten years ago, when we brought Andy McDonald, and we're like, "Oh, Andy McDonald won a cup with the with the Ducks," back when Reagan was president. You know what I mean? Like we have a we have a group that have done it two years ago, 
and are hungry to get back, who know that they were damn near close and were in line to, to repeat in this year. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that I will give Steen is I think that the day after they got eliminated in Vancouver, uh, he said in the press, we're going to come back hungry to get the cut back. And I, and I think that is 100% true. I think what this team loses by losing Petro, they, they make up for with fire in their belly because they know that due to situ- or, 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 or things out of their control, their momentum was chopped off. And they couldn't get the wheels on the train rolling again. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's going to be a small adjustment period. I don't think it'll be as, as rough as it was, say, when we lost you know, Pronger and Demetra in one season. But I think that this team still competes at a very high level. And I, 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 I'm going to say they finished second. I'll, I'll be honest and say I think Dallas overachieved this year in the playoffs. Um, but I think that Colorado is good. is real, real good. good, real good, real fast, real young, and I think that they are going to catch and surpass the Blues. This there year. was a rumor they were on going to possibly run for Petro. Say a lot of room. If they got Petrangelo, you might as well just mail the cup to Denver because. But they got a lot of guys to pay, and they got Macker right. to play in a couple of years, and they had you know they got a couple other guys. anyway. So the thing I was going to ask you next, which is now going to be the next question once we get official confirmation Alex Petrangelo is gone, which I don't believe has happened yet per se. I don't believe so. But um, I got your, you got to answer to my question possibly, but who would you pick as your next captain for the St. Louis Blues? Who would I pick or who do I think it's going to be? We'll do both. You know, I think it's going to be Ryan O'Reilly. I, I just do. I think that he's the logical pick. He seems to be the leader on the ice anyway. Uh, he's he's got a long term contract. He makes the most sense. Selfishly and personally, I would like to see it go to a guy who I think has proven over his career that he loves this team and loves this city, and that's David Perron. I think that he has proven by the fact that he keeps coming back and he's come out and said, I just love it here. I want to be here. And I think his play, especially this tenure, mm these last few years has been so remarkably better than when we had him the first or second time that I think that he would be a, a well-suited captain. The problem is he's only got, what, one more year left? Yeah, but it's one thing he loves so much, I think he would re- re-sign. Do you think they exposed him in the draft again? I don't know. I mean, so we can do that. That might be our next podcast. We'll yeah. probably do another one before. Maybe we shut um, down for a while, but – yeah. I mean, you got to think it look through everything. It depends on who you're going to pro- – because you have to protect people like Jordan Cairo and stuff right, like that. Right. So, I mean, you, wanna, um, you don't want to lose somebody like that. Where, agreed. You know, it's like you just don't know who – as much as I'm not a massive believer in Cairo, at least you he has a really good sure. value right now. And you don't want to lose yeah. somebody like Piranha's one year and whatever. I got a feeling that you lose somebody like Sammy Blay in the thing. But I agree. Just me. It's young, cheap, and that's, you know, what they would need. Because yeah, you're probably protecting – you're taking Petra out of who we were protecting before, right. and you're probably inserting Tory Krug now. Yes, for sure. So, um, so, so yeah, your three protections at- are still Krug, Dunn, uh, Pareko, Pareko. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my um, so again, my my answer is I think it will go to Ryan O'Reilly. I would love to see it go to Perron, but I think it's going to be O'Reilly. Yeah. So I I'm, I like uh, Ryan O'Reilly. I just think that's it makes, makes sense. sense. Makes sense is you see the guy. Since he was here, and all everybody talked about like him staying to practice with the younger guys, 
first um, in, last first out. First in, yeah. Is that's just like cap to me, captain material. Like it seems there's no there's a reason why guys like Jack Eichel was saying how much he missed Ryan O'Reilly last year when things were bad. He had nobody to turn to when before he had O'Reilly to like yep. kind of help out when he was injured and things were not looking great. Uh, and O'Reilly's the one who helped him a lot with his game. So I think that's somebody. Yeah. There's a reason that they, you know, the Blues worked really hard to get that deal done and took on that huge signing bonus to seal the deal to get right. him here. Something they don't, which once again they they don't, don't do do. And um, the point I forgot to make last anyway, Ryan O'Reilly's probably the guy I, I both things pick and should be it in yeah. my opinion. The Braun thing is an extreme excellent point because that dude loves it here. He really does. He he embodies everything. St. Louis Blues and St. Louis. He just he might as well be a local guy. Yeah, and he's only signed contracts with the Blues. So I mean, yeah. that's I crazy. think he is he's earned my respect as you know. I would call him a lifelong Blue to this day, just because of what he's done. Even though I know he spent time in Pittsburgh and Edmonton and Anaheim, Anaheim and all that, but I, you know, I would love. I think the guys earned the right to, if not get the C. Give him an A. Oh, for sure. I think, uh, I think that's going to happen for sure. I think that's going to move from O'Reilly had the A. Yeah. I think it'll get passed over too, especially with Steen and probably Tarasenko out. You're going to see guys like Prong get the A and stuff for yeah. the time being. Possibly Colton Pareko is and have an A here and there. I think he did in the past when there was a lot of injuries as well. I think you're maybe right. one or two games, but you know he had it. So because uh, the thing I was going to make before about the whole Petro thing, and then we'll start to wrap things up. When Armstrong talked about Petro and he said why he doesn't do no movement clauses, he believes, in his words, that he thinks if you give no movement clauses out, you're giving a player more power than the owner has. Because right. you're basically telling him you can't waive him, you can't send him down, you can't trade him. You can literally, I am st- I'm stuck here, you know, tough. to a degree. Like, yeah, tough. I don't care what you want. Anything any, to him – that gives the player more power than the owner has. And, and no one should and, have and that he, power. And he says no one besides the owner should have the power to dictate that. They should always have an avenue for the uh, – an option for the owner to take. If that's sending to the minors, exposing them in the expansion draft. Right. Because the no movement clause, which we which the other thing is – Waving them, buying them out, whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I believe you can buy them out on a no move. I think that's about the only thing you can do. But right. obviously – that's you know, which is why he wanted the signing bonus to protect him if he got bought out. Yeah, he wanted and later in the deal he wanted to have it his deal be like kind of like Hosa and all those guys right. did, where it was one or two million dollars as your main base salary, but then the rest of it is like five million dollars, six million dollars, seven million dollars, or whatever in bonus money you get on July first or whatever designated right. day. But that's what he really thinks, and I think that's a – after he said that, I'm like, wow, that actually makes a lot of sense. Makes I, a lot of sense. To me, I thought it was just always like just a bargaining tool he had that he's going to leave for like when I really need to sign a guy, I'm going to have this kind of in my back pocket, which guess what? He, Like you said, there's probably stuff that's going to come out. Who knows what, what is true? Sure. Like, is it stuff that Rutherford kind of put in his article about the whole thing where, hey – we here's an eight year eight million dollar deal. Here's a, but we're not going to tell you anything about it. We want you to agree to this eight years eight mil before we get any further. Which no, Armstrong addressed that, and he addressed that and said, like that's not how he does business. Basically, right. it's pretty much what he said. And I think that's why I am more upset not with Armstrong and Petro. They're like down on that upset thing. I agree. I am more upset with the agent because the agent brought us stuff public, and he's trying to get public sentiment behind to make. His client get a couple extra million dollars, yep. and that's not how Armstrong. And 
I, and that's not how Armstrong does it. No, man. it's he, not. He does and that's not, fine. He, he doesn't cave to public pressure. No. He it's, does whatever is good for for the team and good for ownership. Yep. He will go to ownership a thousand times, and he will if he, if ownership told him to strip this team down for parts, he would do it. Right. I mean, I will say this, and we, we talked about it briefly on the show that, that has been lost. There are a few players, and I think you can count on one or two hands over the course of the league, players that you break the mold for. I think the Blues were short-sighted when they didn't give it to Brett Hall. I think Brett Hall is one of those players, if, if he wants a no movement, you give him a no movement. That was Mike Keenan flexing the Mike Keenan muscle. Yeah. Um, you know, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, uh, you know, Ovechkin, Crosby. You know, we go down the line of players, you know, Gordy, the Gordy Howes of the world. Players like that, you know, if that's what they want, that's what they get. Generational type players. Connor McDavid. You know, players oh, yeah. like that. You, you you break the mold. Is Alex Petrangelo that type of player? I don't know that he is. I think that he's very good. He's an elite defenseman. I'd say he's a top five defenseman in the league. But I don't know if he's the guy that you say rules be damned. You know, as you put, he's not um, – uh, oh, I can't think of his name now. Um, he's not Batista. Yeah, he's not give me what I want. <laughs> give me what I want. Um, so I don't, you know, I good on Doug Armstrong. You know, I I think that he has proven that Doug Armstrong does what's best for the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. You know, is the old Kenny Rogers song says, "Know when to hold him and know when to fold him, know when to walk away and know when to run." Yeah, and I think Doug Armstrong has done a damn good job over his time as the GM of the Blues of doing. What's best for business? And let's be honest. We talked about this maybe on the podcast we lost, maybe on a podcast like that's out there. Not sure. But out of all the trades you can look back on, you can like honestly the one that I could like always have the bad taste in my mouth that I thought he didn't get enough for was the TJ Oshie trade. Yeah. Outside of that, you and can he was look, handcuffed on that. And we can look back on everything else where I might there might be one I'm missing. I'll be honest. You can tweet us at, at Blues Hockey NHL yeah. if I'm missing one. Um, but outside of that, like most of the trades were done. You can, I guess you can say the Ryan Miller trade too, to a degree. Yeah, but you know what? Everyone in the league sang the praises of that trade. But, but yeah, but obviously it, was, it didn't work out. It worked out. But I don't think it was a bad trade. Yeah. And you got a player. You got Steve Ott in that deal too, yep. technically. But anyway. Um, but he's always done a pretty good job. When it comes yes. to when it's signing guys, he's done a very good job managing the cap. And something while you were talking, I'm just having an eye on Twitter and refreshing as we we're doing this. Two things. Apparently Nate Schmidt is not going to the Florida Panthers. A trade is in place, but who knows Not where. with Florida. Okay. It rumored was uh, earlier today I saw Winnipeg, so who knows. Interesting. You're going somewhere. It's interesting. We'll see what happens. Right. And like I said, I think somebody will resolve tonight, if not by tomorrow being Monday the 12th on right. Columbus Day. Uh, the other thing, which is very interesting, somebody just pointed out. I think it's Kyle Foxton on uh, Twitter. I'll give him props. Blues have a lot of money off the books next year. Guess who just signed a one-year deal? Oh, yeah, Taylor Hall. Yeah, I, I agree. And look, remember, remember, I know. Taylor Hall was down near a St. Louis Blue. Should have been a St. Louis Blue. Should have been. Yeah. The deal was in place. And then Chad Kirk wouldn't sign a deal. Yeah, Chad and Kirk's agent told the Oilers he won't sign with you. The deal went away. Yep. Or Taylor Hall would be a Blue. Yeah. Interesting. I Look, I think that especially 
with the future of Tarasenko being unknown. I might not be. I mean, that's a huge speculation for next year. But if you have you have Steen, Bozak, how much will the Buffalo Sabers hate the St. Louis Blues? If, you, if, if we get him, if they get Taylor Hall for a year, that he comes to St. Louis. Everybody leaves Buffalo and comes to St. Louis. Yeah, let's be interesting because next year on the off the books you have Steen, uh, Steen, Bozak. There's about eleven mil right there. Yep, Gunnarsson about another two mil. Yeah, uh, um, Schwartz is coming off too technically. Soon. Yeah. And then you're losing somebody to the expansion draft. Yeah. Let's say for some weird reason, let's say Justin Falk doesn't work out. Right. And you remember, Ron Francis is running the show up there. Agreed. And Ron Francis is the GM for a long time in Carolina. Yep. It wouldn't be a far stretch for him to possibly – I not, agree. He's not getting protected, I'll be honest, because you have your three defensemen doing Krug, Pareko, and Dunn, Unless Falk and lights it up this yeah. year. You're pretty much unless he's a literally Petrangelo type play yeah. numbers. So if, just imagine if you get that money off the books too. You're talking twenty plus million dollars. Yeah, on the off the books. You figure they would re-sign, and plus technically Bennington's off the books, but you'll probably sign you're going to sign him. Month. You figure that you're probably going to re-sign Schwartz. With this, I would think you if you get you really don't because let's say Costin is the only really left winger you have in your system that's yeah ready in the next year. Yeah, I mean, and, and Costin's been okay in the a- AHL, like not been fantastic. He looked okay up here, but I don't, I don't know if you can trust him to take a first or second line role coming up here. Right, I agree. So it's going to be interesting if they, that's a huge poss. I think honestly, a good possibility if you guy wants somebody that wants to win, and yeah. especially if the Blues do well next year. Say the Blues do well and get through round One or two or, rounds, a couple of rounds of the playoffs, or go all the way again. Yeah, that could easily. I agree. Be a possibility. And, uh, yeah. Well, at the end of an era, let's be honest. But uh, Petrangelo, will ra- as, we, as we get to start to wrap this up, once again, I said 20 minutes ago. But um, end yeah. of an, either way, it put as much as we, I've kind of like said, oh, oh well, it, it sucks, man. Like, it does. It's, it, it's, you it's hate a, to see anyone go who's who's been as tenured as they are. I remember meeting him as a rookie and going, man, that dude's going to be good. I and remember. He is. I remember. I might have been like me and you might have – Met each other recently before that happened when Petrangelo first was here. Remember when the Blues had the like game where they unveiled the third jersey at the yeah. time, the with the circle, the yep. Check It's era circle. And I remember yep. they had the young guys play that, and the older guys had the regular jerseys. And Petro just got drafted the day before and was yeah. on the bench, basically yep. getting shown the city. And that's like the first memory I, ever, I saw him in the hallway walking around. And I was like, "Oh, hey!" I you know, like that's Alex Petrangelo. He's like, "Oh, how are you doing?" And just yeah. walked by. And I'm like. And he's just walking by. Nobody knew who he was. And right. it's just like an 18-year-old kid just walking on by. And it's, it winds up being the dude who raises the uh, Stanley Cup. You know, that's going to be – like I have the photo of me and Chris to our right. Chris is left my right. Him raising the cup on Sports Illustrated. I mean – Do you think that this takes away Petro's statue? Yeah. yeah. I don't. You don't think so? Didn't hurt Brett Hall. You know sure. why? Because the statue's going to look just like that. Raising the cup? Yeah. yeah. I think it, depending on who, I think ownership won't like be hurt by it, but I mean Armstrong will still be here and stuff. I don't know, man. It'll be it's seven years from at least. We're talking at least ten years from now, so a yeah. lot of things can happen in ten years. Uh, it took a while for, I mean, after Brett Hall retired and stuff and came back. Right. I don't know. I can't remember how fast he. But I, th- I think the problem with that was that I think Brett and the ownership were not on good terms. 
like the check is there or the I don't remember who I don't remember who it was, but I remember hearing that a couple times, which was like because when he first retired, I was like, why isn't Brett Hall do stuff for the Blues? And it was kind of like Brett Hall doesn't get along with the Blues. Yeah, I think that fence needed to be mended. Yeah, um, I don't think that. Again, we don't know what's happening right now between the Blues front office and Petro. We don't know what Petro is going to sign for. We assume it's going to be in Vegas. We assume it's going to be for a deal better than what St. Louis offered, we assume. But it doesn't seem like, at least on the Blues' behalf, there's bad blood. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's bad blood coming the other way. We don't know. We don't know. I still think with what the Blues accomplished under Petrangelo's leadership, his, um, his place in Blues lore is cemented. And I, I think either. that he played long enough here. He led long enough here. He succeeded where no one else had. True. That I think that he will, at some point, have a statue in front of Scott yeah, maybe it's I'm, Yeah, maybe at some point. Maybe it's just like I said. Maybe I'm speaking right now with my like heart and anything right now. Just you're yeah. like, you obviously, it sucks because, which we talked about. We talked about many times, like, you're a player for a short amount of time, you got to get as much money as you can. Right. But at the same time, when I look at it, when I see a dude literally fighting over, I know, you know, eight to eight and a half million dollars. And they, let's, I, we don't know the numbers. I'm just right. saying, like, no, I understand. Eight, even eight to nine million dollars. That argument has been all over social media. People calling him greedy. Oh, what? You, you're going to leave? You can't live off the money you already made? Yeah, man, of course he can live off the money he already made. And of course he could live off the money that St. Louis is offering. But there ain't a single person among us. Who, if Company A offers you, and we'll talk real person numbers, if Company A offers you $45,000 a year to do your job, and Company B offers you $55,000 a year to do your job, there ain't no one in the world who's going to stay with Company A for loyalty. That ain't how it works. You're going to take care of yourself and your family down the road and maximize your earning potential. It's just how it works. Yeah. You can't get mad at the dude because, oh, yeah. his, because his contract's in with more zeros than ours. It's just, it's, I, I get that it's not right, but it's how it is. Oh, I know. I get it, too. It's one of those things. It's, it's, just, it's just frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's frustrating, but at the same time, like I said, he gets to his job. Imagine saying your job, and this is like any kind of professional athlete, when you've been training since you've been five. Five. You know, these kids, like, you saw Petro. They always show that picture with him. Mm-hmm. Tavares. Uh, Tavares and, and a couple other guys, like his kids. Yeah, you know, like 10, 11 years old. And think about it, from that time, like that team. You're on obviously a team that's very good players. Right. You've been training to be a professional athlete. So basically, from the time you're that little, yeah. and then imagine saying like when you're 40 years old, you're done. You can't do this job anymore, and you got to figure out your way. Yeah, there's some people who can handle that, and there's some people who plan for the after. You know, obviously, plan to get in the front office. They do other things. Sure. There's some people who don't, and they just. I mean, you would hope that he's invested whatever. his money wisely. He's apparently big in the real estate and stuff, so sure. I think he comes off as a very smart and bright dude, which is... I would imagine his retirement plan is pretty okay. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll be fine. Like I said, right now, speaking, is more from a heart thing in it right. than anything. It's just, it sucks. It does. I, I will say, we, this is something that I know got lost in the last show. People keep wanting to compare him to the Albert Pujols situation, and I think the biggest difference between the two is that while people have talked about staying in St. Louis being a big thing for Alex, Alex has never said that. And as a matter of fact, he said in his article with JR, it's not that big of a deal. 
I have a wife who's strong and you know is ready to do what we need to do. And we discussed it with her, and because he, because right. he, he, I mean, I think from all intents and purposes, he pretty much said in all words in that article, saying like, "There's no hometown discount." Yeah, he's basically saying like, "If you want me to stay here, whatever, I'll work out a deal to make sure I can stay here." But he, she basically said, "Do your thing and yeah. do what you want to get." You know, make your make sure you're and happy with your contract. That basically. to me is the biggest difference between him and Albert Pujols. For years leading up to his last year of his contract in St. Louis. All he ever said is, it's not about money. I've got all the money I need. It's about playing on a team where I can win championships. And then he left a team that that he literally had just won a World Series for to take the biggest offer and go to L.A. And where he got, was it like like a million dollars? Ten years and $30 million over the course of the year more. Yeah, like and then he also got like the like after playing contract right. where it was like a million dollars to be like an ambassador right. pretty much or something crazy like that. But anyway, but again, went against everything that he had said for like 3 or 4 years and then took the money and ran. Yeah. That's why the Pujols thing left a bitter taste in my mouth. Yeah. If well, and agree. when, I think it's a win, not an if this deal comes out that Petro's going to Vegas. Good on you, man. Like, okay. It it sucks. I hate to see him leave. This is the business of sport. Yeah. And uh, like I said, end of an era for all intents and purposes. But so we'll see how uh, when it depends when next season starts too. Hopefully January first. We'll see how things go. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, if you get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris I'm is at at Hossapalooza. Also find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, check out our website. It's BluesHockeyPodcast.net. You can find a ton of stuff there. Uh, we can. We have our old shows. We have our merchandise tab, our affiliates tab. Uh, our, we have a bunch of. Uh, actually, have our gallery tab. It has all our pictures of our shirts and all the models uh, there. So check all that stuff out and anything you want to know about the Blues Hockey Podcast on there, blueshockeypodcast.net. And you want to download and listen to this podcast? It is available on the website, but also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, Pocket Cast and Anchor, and then pretty much any podcast app. I'm hoping uh, by the time next season hits, I am working on submitting us to uh, Amazon Music. So hopefully, we'll be on Amazon Music as well. So we'll see uh, if how that goes. So, I believe that's everything we got. We're gonna try to maybe do another show here. I'm gonna talk to uh, a couple other people and try to have them on the show. Maybe you'll see us other places. Who knows? Um, I think that's about it. Any, any big news before we uh, wrap it up, Chris? No, nothing here. I think uh, we said Taylor Hall signed. Taylor Hall deal confirmed with the NHL in Buffalo. They tweeted it out. A couple of small players, no one of note. That's it. That's it. So, uh, like I said, end of an air kind of sucks. But, like I said, I think the Toy Krug thing helps kind of, uh, you know, mend, it, mend that up a little bit more than it does to lose Petro without losing anything. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And like I said, sorry for the long lapse between podcasts due to technical, technical difficulties. Oh, God, it sucked. I was so pissed when that happened. But new computer, and hopefully this is, uh, sounds like it's been working just fine. So hopefully it doesn't crap out on me. So thanks, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya.